0: Hey, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Craig Killian. And this is the From First to Last podcast. We love you, Kevin. Welcome to the From First to Last podcast. It's a podcast where my friend Craig and I, we get together each week and we work our way through a director's theatrical filmography from the first film all the way to the last. And Craig, who is our director this season? Mr. Sam Raimi. Oh, what an adventure it's been, hasn't Oh, man,
1: it? what a lovable time. What a it, lovable
0: time. It's been... Um, I was having a little thing today. I was driving in the car somewhere and I thought to myself, I honestly... Had no idea what we were in store for this season.
1: Yeah, same. To this I th-
0: extent. I thought I did.
1: Yeah, same. Same. I thought I did. I thought I... um. 'Cause I guess you always just see slots with Sam Raimi here and there. And yep. the, I think that's the problem is you've seen random shots of Sam Raimi throughout your life. Yeah. You've I've never really been on a Sam Raimi binge. No. Never. Isn't it intriguing? And I've done it with other directors, you know. I've always Same. done it, you know, Zemeckis, I've done binges, you know, yep. obviously Snyder. Spielberg. Spielberg, you oh always yes, go on the you binge. always do your Spielberg binges, you know. Yeah. Um it's crazy. But never. Never done a Raimi binge until now and I've just gone, wow. It's... Wow. Like, obviously, you know, Spider-Man's trilogy. Yeah. But the, I consider that more of a Spider-Man binge. <laughs>
2: yeah, it is, isn't it? Not yeah, a Sam exactly.
0: Raimi no, binge. And, and it's, I
1: can't wait to see it through Sam uh, Raimi's
0: eyes. Seriously, I have... Um, I'm going to be honest. I watched next week's film today. Because um, uh, for those listening at home, Craig and I have not recorded it in almost a month. Yeah, man. Uh, this,
1: this, you know how Jeff always does his... Um, the troubles with this film getting made? Man, we should do a podcast on the troubles getting this one podcast. <laughs> this made, season man. made this one
0: podcast where this was this was hard. Man. Yeah, this was this was a hard episode to get locked down. In honesty, uh I've been really unwell. Yep. Uh, Craig's been unwell. Yeah. And too there's much been, There's been, there's there's just, been just actually, I've been on a mad downer. Just, <laughs> I watched <laughs> I actually went back and watched the um trailer for For Love of the Game today. Yeah. Uh, before we recorded just to refresh my memory. Um And the next video that uh, I try and watch them through through Facebook because they're the ones that I share on our. Uh, Facebook page. Check us out at FFTL Podcast. Cool. Um, I notice at the end. But <laughs> um, the next, the next um, video that came up, and I just didn't have time to watch it, was the ten best cocaine stories from Hollywood. Starface <laughs> <laughs> would be number one for sure. <laughs> I think. I think it needs to have Craig Killian telling the story of a Spielberg riding a bike between sets <laughs> just, of the Goonies and Back to the Future. Flying,
1: but it's funny. Uh, watching, I I watched the trailer um, here before I came over as well, and it's so funny. Oh, did your trailer say, "For the love of the game," starring Brian Cox? No, that's my, my that's what mine just said. Starring Brian Cox. You're I'm, like, I'm like. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, are they going in alphabet? Alpha, are they alphabetized the actors? You know what I mean, like but
2: the Brian
0: the over Kevin. Is that where they go? Like you got the high school intern
1: again. You know
0: who only knows? You know Justin Bieber films. Brian well. Cox is pulling one of those music festival tricks, which is like they said my name would be top billing. Top billing. <laughs> <laughs> who is this Costner hack? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, but okay, I've had such a good time. Doing this season. Last week we talked to Simple Plan. And I can tell you, if there's a film that has grown and grown on me. Yeah, man. I actually wish that Simple Plan was our one that we sat on for three weeks. Yeah. Because I might have come in being like, It's the best film ever. You oh, know, man, it has. It's it's just surprised. keeps growing on me it and does. growing on me. And I just loved it. I actually listened I'm to I'm sure the- it's the contact of this season. Oh, a hundred percent, Craig. And I like I have such a soft spot for the film Contact. Yeah. I actually bought the book the other day, so oh, I'm really interested in Ooh. reading it. Um, but i um, on to something else. Have you ever read any Michael Chabon stuff? Chabon, Chabon, He did the, I'm reading The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. No. Oh, man. If there is a film that I would love to just hand a book over, like you could hand a book to any director. Just imagine you could This just, was
1: close once though. They were really close. Yeah, because I remember you talking about this before.
0: Yeah, I wish that I could go to Robert Zemeckis and just hand this book over and just. What's it about? Well, it's the story of two um, cousins. Yep. Um, One escapes um, Nazi-occupied Austria. Yep. To come to the US to live, Um, and so together it tells their story of him migrating over to the US and together they become, um, they write a story called The Escapist, um, which becomes a comic book and yeah. they become really popular. And through it, you get pieces of their life where oh. people are really anti-Jew and things like that. So it's almost like if I could describe it, it's like a mashup of Forrest Gump and, um, You know, that sort of journey film, like a curious case of Benjamin Button is over Ah, a span of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whilst having like the tale of some someone creating a comic book that becomes famous. That'd be awesome. It's it's amazing. So I've just been reading that again. We we digress, but people love our digression.
1: In saying that, the um reminding me of a great um trailer that's been released is Jojo Rabbit.
0: Oh, how good is how it? How good is that? I've Look. watched it. Speaking a few of the times. content
1: that we were just speaking of, yeah, man, Jojo so Rabbit, Tiger, Titi, man, Tiger, man, he's great. He is
0: a great director. Man, so much heart. Mm. We watched Thor Ragnarok again the other night, and like I'm blown away in that film by how silly it can be whilst having so much heart. It's like exactly. such a balance. It's brilliant. It's such brilliant. It's and he just
1: r- pretty much revolutionised the action sequences of. Um, Thor, in a sense. Yeah, since. craziness, isn't it?
0: Nice, Yeah, love it. Craziness. Speaking of finding a balance, yep. we did talk about in the A Simple Plan um episode that we really felt Raimi had nailed his balance. Yeah. He was yeah. really firing in that. Yeah, exactly. In that environment, which is we're in a really interesting season right now, Craig, for Raimi. Yeah. He sort of stepped out of his films where he's written or come up with the concept of the film. Yep. And he stepped into this um this season of his filmmaking where he's having a go at studio films. Yeah. So we've talked about how he's sort of tried to fit within the studio mould. Yeah, definitely. And we felt uh Quick and the Dead he gained a bit of uh skill in that, I yeah. guess you could no, say. No, I would say that, yeah. Um and then a simple plan was really that moment where it's like he's just nailing it. And he, where he stepped up for the studio. Yeah, he big stepped up time. For him. You know big, what I mean? Like he time. saved him a
1: lot of drama. Yeah. yeah. And
0: this week's film, which is For Love of the Game, is a really interesting one because I would say this is his most studio film to date. Oh, easily. But this is also his most
1: studio actor to date. Yeah. So this is his most powerful actor he's ever. Big time. Ever. Like he's he's ever done in it. Yeah. Almost, you can almost say in all his career. This
0: is, Kevin Costner. I can't think
1: of any actor in his career that would
0: have as much pull as Kevin at this time. Yeah, at this time. And, and I really wanted to, I'm glad you went there because we were going to go there a bit later. So let's just go there now, yeah, which cool. is to give context of Kevin Costner's career at this point. Mm. Okay. So we're talking, um, we're in 1999. Yep. Costner's probably on the back end of the decade where he started at the start of the decade being the biggest actor in Hollywood. Yep. You know, you've got films like The Bodyguard and um, Field of Dreams really got him big. Um, What else did he have? Waterworld, you know, like... Oh, just the things that just made him huge. Yeah, he was. He was massive, wasn't he? And so it's really interesting because... Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves was massive. So we're in this period now where Costner hasn't really had a hit for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, for him, I think his film before this was uh, The Postman. Yep. Made us money back. The Postman. Oh, really <laughs> was great. Yeah, yeah, really crazy. Yeah. All these movies have been profitable. Oh, very interesting indeed.
1: Waterworld. (laughs) Have have you got? Is this fact? Is it it fact? It's It's taken its time. It just took its time. Depreciation
0: and appreciation. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, like again, like Costner released was in three films in '99. Oh wow! Yeah. So, for love of the game was one of them. Uh, He was also in. I wrote it down here. He was in Message in a Bottle. Oh,
1: I love that movie. And Robin he, Wright.
0: He was in. Oh, I wish I'd written written the name down. There was a boxing film with Woody Harrelson and Antonio Banderas. Oh, um, And Costner has a small role. Yeah, in that okay, film. yeah, yeah. But like, really, when you start looking at his filmography, and I've actually got it up on the the screen, which the lead up is there, but he's really. After Waterworld, he sort of plateaus out a bit in his superstardom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I find that really interesting because um, for Costner, that almost fits in perfectly with his with his Billy Chapel character. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, exactly. It's yeah, like yeah, that definitely. beautiful alignment of career and role, isn't it? It's also him stepping back.
1: Yes. Um, into a comfort zone. Yeah. You know what I mean, like um. <laughs> He not obviously, yes, you can obviously say specifically stepping back into baseball. Yep. Um, because he obviously had Bull Durham, he had um, field of dreams, field of dreams, but this is more stepping back into all American hero.
0: Yeah, yep, it is, isn't it? It yeah, really that's, is. Oh, because
1: that's what he is. That's you know what I mean. Like, that's that's what that's what well, that's what he plays on. Yeah, he's the all American Midwest boy. Um, charming, you know, smile, yeah. cheeky, blah blah blah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, and I think his previous roles do reflect that. Don't oh they? yeah, exactly. And all these roles,
1: pretty much, most of them, all after, reflect that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't go into a Kevin Costner film to see him hiding. No, not you at, at all. You know what I mean? I consider this very much like Harrison Ford. Yeah. You know what I mean? Their yeah. characters. Who they are in real life pretty much are who they are on yeah. screen. You know what I mean? They don't really do acting. It's just like with Harrison Ford, this is Indiana Jones in the Millennium Falcon. This is Indiana Jones here. You know, or vice versa. Yeah, race, yeah. Because you know, Millennium Falcon came first. But the same with Kevin Costner. You know yeah, know I mean? He plays that pretty much the same character all along. and He just plays tw- spins on him. He loves a good sports film, doesn't he? He loves a good sports film, man. He's a big sport nut.
0: Yeah, and Be I actually saw a really that. interesting interview where he talked about, um as pressed for Draft Day. Yep. Which I've not s- not seen Draft That's Day. That's the only yet. one I haven't
1: seen. That, oh no, sorry, Draft Day and Swing Vote, the
0: ones I haven't seen. Oh, Swing Vote, interesting. But like when you think about it, you've got Bill Durham, you've talked about that before, yep. Field of Dreams, Tin Cup. Oh, Tin Cup was a great show. Sure. You know, <laughs> really and, really so, and he's got, that. you know, Draft Day, and he just keeps Doing sports films. But it's really interesting. He said, I'll never do a sport film of a sport that I'm not passionate about. Yeah. And he goes, because I can, I can tell films where people aren't passionate about the sports that they're in a film about. Yeah. Exactly. And it's inauthentic. And so he wants it to be as authentic as possible. And you can just tell in this film. Like, I didn't know, but Kevin Costner actually was close to being a college baseball player. Yeah, man. As a pitcher.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was man. That's so awesome about him. Yeah, and he goes back to his um his alma mater. Isn't that what they call him? Alma mater, whatever they. Yeah, he goes back to heaps. Goes back to heaps. Does a lot of and. But he also, I was watching an interview with him um today as well. And he gets interview. He gets invited to go to so many sporting events. I'll bet he does. He gets so many, so many sports. But it's funny. Uh, one of the podcasts I read, um. That was bread. One of the um one of the YouTube videos, obviously it's me. (laughs) One of the YouTube videos I watched, they asked him if you got given two scripts. It was a really good question, guys. You got given two scripts. You didn't know the story, you just knew One has you in a sport film, one has you in a Western. Ooh Which would you choose? Oh, what did he say? He said guys, um guys I probably only have one sport film in me left. He goes, I'll always have a way West- I'll, I'll, I'd never run out of time for westerns. <laughs> <laughs> oh. he to, and then he went into this beautiful story about how one of his first things, his first love for movies, was going to a movie and watching a western. Oh, I love it. And and he's an outdoorsy person. Yeah, and so he likes to work outdoors. He goes, the only time I do another sports movie is if it's outdoors. He goes because yeah. he did draft day. Um, and it was all indoors, he goes, and it didn't feel sporty to me, he goes, you know, but then he referenced for the love of the game, you know, he goes, that was just, you know, beautiful. So good. I man. know it is. So, so good. So good.
0: So Craig, should we hook into um, all the lead up to the film before it Let's was released? hook in. Cool. There's not, I'm going to be honest, just for everyone out there, this was a really hard film to get information on.
1: Oh, I, I'm pretty sure it's just, it wouldn't be, we'll see, I think one, it's, it's post waterworld so kevin is very protective. very protective yep. of himself and he's also he's very un- understandably yes um and obviously you're coming to the world where just hollywood gossip would just is yeah. becoming a big thing you know people want to actually hear yeah, more yeah. of it yeah, yeah um and so i think he's just based and he's behaving which i don't think he misbehaved on waterworld no but well you could say they both did you know yeah I mean? yeah yeah but yeah so i think he's on his best behavior
0: and I think also when we think about it in context of Raimi's filmography, um, he's always had some drama because he's slogging to get his vision yeah. across. Yeah, true. And so the season that he's in, which is like yeah, Quick and the Dead, um, followed by uh what was I Simple Plan for Love of the Game and then on to the gift mm. really are these four films that We've talked about it being out of Raimi's wheelhouse in a way. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so he actually does, and it's crazy, Quick and the Dead, uh, Simple Plan for Love of the Game and The Gift are like one year after each other. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, wow. So there's 12 months between a Simple Plan um, actually, there's a little less because uh, A Simple Plan was released in December in 98 and For Love of the Game was released in September 99. So, like, he's really uh, backing it up quickly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and previous films with Raimi have shown that he spends a bit of time developing things before he actually jumps in and yeah makes the film. So this is even more intriguing to me, the fact that we've got here. And I think that attributes to the fact that there's not a lot of info. Because if he was a part of this film before A Simple Plan, he's developing it while making A Simple Plan. Mm. Plus also I think um,
1: as another thing is you don't really hear many bad things about Raimi. Yeah. Like that may change. I don't know about the other ones. But like, you know what I mean? Like most people say he's, he's affable enough director. Yeah. Um, except for obviously Gene Hackman, but no one likes Gene Hackman <laughs> apart from Clint Eastwood, who would imagine them two grumpy bastards at a table.
0: I can picture them on rocking chairs.
1: Yeah, yeah, just, just throwing rocks uh-huh. at throwing rocks at little cats, uh-huh. little kittens and and, yep. and, <laughs> and children. Yep. <laughs> Back in my day.
0: Yeah. 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 You see the mule? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so the um the film itself is actually based upon a no- novel by Michael Shara Um I may have spelt that wrong, so apologies, to any fans of him out there. Sorry, Michael. Uh, Sorry, Mick. The novel was actually released uh after he'd passed away. Oh. So he passed away in the eighties and it was released in ninety one. Uh not a very long novel. Um but He's only, even him himself as a novel writer. Yeah. There's not a lot of info on him. Yeah. Not a lot on the screenplay, not a lot on anything. Um, his previous release that had done well was called The Killer Angels. And that book was actually uh, adapted into a film, which is quite an epic film called Gettysburg. Oh! Like a,
2: what is it? Like a Jeff four, Daniels?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. So I think I've seen that. It's
0: like a four-hour film yeah, or something. Jeff
1: Daniels.
0: I'm thinking Tom. No, no Tom
1: Berenger. Tom Berenger. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jeff Daniels. Tom Berenger.
0: So that's uh the other novel I've that he did. I've re- watched that.
1: Is it good? I can't remember. I can't remember much of it, but I remember my feeling is of enjoyment.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> good, 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 good.
1: Um, I think it was at those times where you know, mini series. Yeah. Mini series. You know. Yep. What I mean? You just sat and watched them. Yep. You, Pumped you know, them through. No
0: Netflix. Get one of those uh, four VHS um, packs that came yeah, exactly, with a folded yeah. out in a big folder.
1: And it had had the um, big um, Harry Potter poster um, on the front with Beringer facing
0: yes. Daniels. and sort of sunset in the background, yeah, I remember and the then poster. Yeah, some dramatic, yep. um, you know, Civil War explosion yes. happening in the background. Yes, so... Um, oh, y- wow. That's that's his previous work. Yeah. Um, Dana Stevens was brought on by Universal to adapt the screenplay. Yep. Now, Dana Stevens has done, she'd done Dana. two screenplays before that. Uh, one was a film called Blink, and the other was City of Angels with Nicolas Cage and Ooh. Meg Ryan. So, City of Angels, not the original? The original? So, there's an original film um, called Wings of Desire, which is... No, the City of Angels, the Nicolas Cage Okay, cool, one. cool. Um, and has later gone on to write uh, Safe Haven, which was the Josh Dumas... Um, rom-com as well. So really, What's that? a romantic. Oh man, I didn't watch. It. I think it was a Nicholas Sparks novel that got turned into something. Oh, Might have had God. your favorite, The Heigl, in it. Ugh. Oh, <laughs>
1: is that where they both inherit kids because the parents died?
0: Mm, maybe I'm thinking Of the wrong film. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking the that's, wrong film. Yeah. yeah.
1: Safe House is Ryan Reynolds. And Safe House
0: is Ryan Reynolds and Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. Totally different to Safe Haven. <laughs> 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 the romantic comedy. I do like Safe House, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love it. So, um, Ramy came on board as a director after that. Yep. Uh, but before he was allowed to come on as director, Costner asked that he'd fly out for an interview. And so, Costner, we've talked about his power. He actually was at such a place where he could determine if Ramy was going to be the director or not. Oh, hell yeah. So, Raimi has has, in interviews, spoken about flying out to meet Kevin Costner pitching his vision and then sitting in his hotel room that night being like, um, what was I thinking? I'm a B grade movie director. (laughs) Uh, I'm never going to get this. And he's like, I went home and then found out that I got the role. So, um, so that's pretty cool. Costner must've believed in him and his vision. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: And you can see why Costner has so much, um, pull on this film once again he's going back
0: to oh this is Costner's film isn't yeah he's it, going like,
1: back to his roots you know what I mean yeah and this is cost you know you, as a studio you're thinking yeah this is this is a shoeing. this is you, a home run this is a yeah it is it's a home run isn't perfect it?
0: game so um Raimi said that he was drawn to the script that had been written yep and he actually has a love of baseball Oh, really? Yeah. That he, sort of surprised me. I wouldn't yeah, that sort of surprised basement. me, yeah. Just, um, but it, it was really interesting. It must
1: be his, you know, computer screen tan. <laughs> that just makes
0: you think we are, you know. <laughs> he watches uh, at home. He watches his his at, at home, home, in his basement. Um, well, it's really interesting because in an interview, someone asked him, like, uh, what is it about baseball that you do love? And he actually talks about how... Um, oh, he's a numbers nerd. Is he? he? I'll bet you he's a numbers nerd. You reckon? He didn't, he's a he Moneyball numbers nerd. Oh, That'd uh, make so much Craig, sense. I love Moneyball. I know you, you do. You know man. I love Moneyball. And do. I couldn't help but throughout this film be I gave like, you that book back, didn't I? No, I think you still got it. No, I don't. I'm sure I gave it back to you. I don't have the book. Really? Yeah. Shit, but that's that. all right because I know where you live. Yeah, true. And okay. <laughs> I, I found while I've been unpacking, I've got your copy of um, The Room here. On Blu-ray that I've got to give back to you. Ooh, so. Okay. Yeah. I'll, we'll do a little swappy. Yeah. Um, but Ramey actually talks, it was a very interesting little statement, which he talks about how hard it is for males to make friends with each other. Yeah, And in that, he says, what he loves about baseball is the fact that baseball becomes this outlet that allows walls to be broken down and men bond over baseball. Yeah. Therefore, it's easier to become friends because you have this commonality within baseball. Yeah, exactly. And... It's true. Sport does that to people, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it does. Uh, or it a gives, common interest. It gives men a,
1: a a reason to seek other men. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like these um
0: without stigmas attached
1: to that. Yeah, exactly. Without stigmas attached. It's they've got um uh, it's, lo- it's like they have these now like these men sheds now mm. where um, it's about these Guys who So in Australia We have these um, Community things Called men's sheds So yep. they're a group of um, People who just like Building stuff Yep And they just invite Other men And and they all go in And you can You know you Hang don't out have, Hang out You know um, It's usually Obviously it's aimed Towards an older generation Yeah People who you know Don't have other Many people around You can go in You can learn how to do stuff Off the older generation It's a really good
0: Yeah they really are good, They're yeah. a great They're a great initiative The old men's sheds mm. Um Ramey also talks about how he loved the challenge of shooting this film. Yeah. So he talks about when he's making a horror film, in order to thrill the viewers, you work at moving the camera in a way that thrills. Yeah, so, you know, the, like the prime coaster. example. Yeah, that's exactly like a roller coaster. The, the, the flowing spirit in the Evil Dead films that sort of rocks back and forth. If this was a visual component, everyone would see my hand. I'm using as a gesture there, <laughs> but it's not. It's an audio medium. Um, but what he talks I'll about. Shoo, shoo. Yeah, that's exactly what <laughs> I was doing with my hand. Um, and so what he really felt was a great challenge in this is that this was a film where he had to purposely place cameras in order to capture things in a way that doesn't pull people out of the film. Yeah. Because if you do the wrong thing with a camera in a baseball film, suddenly people are drawn out of the film. Yeah. And so it really relied on positioning of camera angles and then capturing the performance of, say, Kevin Costner. Yeah. And and so that was a challenge that he really wanted to experience because he hadn't had to at this point really go to that extent. And I, I do love... Because if I can say something really early on, I actually found this film pretty forgettable. Oh, it could be. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, in the scheme of his filmography, even when we think about Crime Wave, it's a mess. Oh, yeah. You forget, it's a memorable you forget mess. Cra-
1: you, you, you remember crashes. Yeah. And so this More is More than just, average wins.
0: That's exactly right. And yeah. this is like, it's not a triumph. It's not a disaster. It's just a... I don't want to... Uh, the only way I can describe it is to just go, meh. You know,
1: in my... Obviously, once again, going there early. Yeah. Um, my opinion of it is is... It
0: hasn't changed.
1: It's a Kevin Costner film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do it's, you
0: think you're Kevin Costner love, though? No, no, no. But
1: I don't say that completely as a um, as a compliment. Yeah, okay. Um, so I don't see much of Raimi in this film. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100% um, correct. And so that's where basically, um, and I still see it as a Costner film. Yes. Because it doesn't, because obviously you see a lot of the dialogue. Um, I'd love to see the original script and what the script that was filmed. Yeah. You, you could just tell this whole thing was shaped around Kevin Costner. Yes, big time. You know what I mean? And once, like we were talking about before, this isn't Raimi stretching. This is Ramy getting good with the studios. Yes, 100%. Um 100%. And, and I don't think this is – I don't think this would be something – like, don't get me wrong, this has a huge following. Huge following out there because people love baseball. People do love baseball. You know what I mean? All the baseball people love it.
0: You know and what I mean? And I'm not a baseball fan, but I love baseball films.
1: Americans have this amazing ability to make a frigging sports match yeah, feel like a gladiator match. So, like – um, gridiron or as you call it, you know, NFL, yeah. um, and baseball are the most cinematic sports in the world.
0: They are, aren't they? The most
1: cinematic sports in the world, man. You can just basically, um, like today while I was just looking at stuff about, um, for the love of the game, you can't help but go down like these amazing sporting moments in films, and you yeah. suddenly end up in you know all these bloody all these movies, angels in the outfield, bloody. And you can't... League of their own. League of their own. You know what I mean? It's just the natural always pops up. yeah But then it goes into gridiron moves, Rudy and all these stuff. Yeah, yeah. You just go, man, it's, you know, it doesn't stop. Uh, but that's, that's a brilliant way. That, you know, I don't know if they could do that. Like, it's funny watching big directors do sports that are outside of those sports. And they don't really come off that well. No. Um, like uh, watching Invictus, you know.
0: I've never seen Invictus. Invictus,
1: man. I watch Rugby Union, man. Um, like I've watched Rugby. You yeah, have as well. It's yeah. a big down here in Australia. Um, but it just... It doesn't hit? No, it doesn't hit. It doesn't have that gladiator feel that... Um, yeah. You know, that pumped, pump you up your chest type feel yeah, that it does yeah. with these. But, yeah, baseball, man. It's But back to my point from the long, long, long circle is, yeah. It's... Um, I agree with you in a stand. I think it's a Kevin Costner film. It's 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 Kevin Costner with Sam Raimi directing. Yeah. Where most of the other films, and like I said, I think that's because of Costner's involvement. Uh, yep. Logically stupid, stupidly enough. But, you and I think with all these rest of his films, it's probably excluding um, Spider-Man. Yep. It's, you know, it's a Sam Raimi film. Yeah. You're signing on to a Sam Raimi film. Even, yeah. even Quick and the Dead, where, you know, obviously. Yeah. He turned that into a Raimi film, in he my did. opinion. You know he what I did. He did. But I think Sharon Stone gave him a lot more leeway than I think Kevin Costner would.
0: Yeah. And I think, like, again, looking at his story arc, we, we're we sort of jumping all over the place, but that's, that's cool with me. That's not um, like us. Yeah, no. um, I know. <laughs> I feel like. We're this not 100% well yet either. No, <laughs>
1: no. Maybe a little bit of subdued. <laughs> Today it's just. Instead of for first and last podcast, it's just two old men drinking coffee.
2: <laughs> We're seriously <laughs> just drinking
0: coffee. drinking coffee and uh, chatting about a baseball film. Just chatting about But weird. if we if we look at uh Raimi's filmography and this little season, to me, again jumping a lot ahead, is this is his most cookie cutter film. Definitely. Uh, And that's a really important part of his journey though Because I I remember watching When I was watching For Love of the Game Thinking if he doesn't do this film He doesn't have Say a reference Yeah, exactly For Spider-Man Yeah, it doesn't And you know, we're we're, we're far enough away from Crime Wave now To be like, okay, it's cool It's forgotten It's forgotten about Yeah, exactly Um, But at the same time probably has that taste still floating around. Yeah, oh yeah, there's still that little bit.
1: You know, there'd still be people going, Oh, invest money. Remember Ooh, Crime Wave?
0: Yeah. And this film had a crazy budget.
1: Oh yeah, you can see the budget. Like it's filmed in Yankee State. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that in itself. You know what I mean? Like I was I watched a little bit of the footage of, about the photography of it. Yeah. Um and um are you gonna talk about the photography? No. No, you feel so free they to. actually they actually use the cameras, some of the cameras they used were actually the TV, the ones they use for... Oh, um, cool. they actually film in the game, so it has yeah, that yeah. authenticity. And that he had 1,500 people that he had to constantly move around the stadium. Obviously, typical Raimi, you know, he's filmed his shots out. But they had to move around the stadium for every shot, so they're in the background of every shot. Yeah, These wow. These same 1,500
0: people. <laughs>
2: wow, that's <laughs> awesome. cool.
1: I don't know why. You just go, ah! Uh, then was obviously a digital.
0: I did read that the Yankees had a real problem with the film being filmed in Yankee Stadium. because oh, it's against the Yankees. Because it's against the Yankees and they lose in the Yankee Stadium.
1: Yeah, I know, but it's not a big thing they lose. No. You know what I mean? I think it's it's um a pennant match, isn't it? It they yeah, don't go on. It, it had
0: no real sort of bearing on anything. Yeah, exactly. It was a division
1: division yep. title. Does, you know, the Yankees, let's just assume the Yankees still went on to win
0: the major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so that's sort of the film up until now, really all the info. Uh, they did originally have Annette Benning lined up to play the role Kelly Preston plays. Well, wow. You know
1: what? As much... Annette Benning is an incredibly charming actress. She is. Um,
0: and But do you think that... This, this may come out terribly, but just forgive me. Do you reckon she would address been. I think Kelly Preston has that look about her. What was really interesting in this film, Kelly Preston could on one hand look like a mum. Yep. And on the other hand, look like a baseballer's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: what she looks like, the wag. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see how Annette Bening was would be, if you were writing this, you would probably tend towards an Annette Bening type character. Yeah. But I think it was better because of what you just said then. Yes. You know what I mean? Because... She would look, she does look at home amongst the wags, yes. Um, but you know, you can tell she's an intelligent, yeah. And I think you know, the 16 year old, which back to Zemeckis, thank you, yes.
2: She's in
0: everything via us, Jenna Malone. She is the most constant actor across in, all uh, the podcasts, all our
1: podcasts, man. Yeah, yeah. that Ivory- sucker punch. Sucker Punch, yes. All the directors
0: just... She, mean, she was a in re- Superman too. Yeah, so she was no, in... Man of Steel, sorry. Man of Steel. Or just... No, Batman no, no, Superman. Batman versus, versus Superman. Superman. Yeah, Batman versus Ooh, look Superman. Look there you go, Craig. I say Superman versus Batman. Yeah, no. Because it is. No, we're going... <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's actually not um, it. It's actually it, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> re- release the Raimi cut. Um, the Flusher cut. Speaking of the Raimi cut, yeah. Do you know there was actually something that Universal? Oh, Universal? Forced... Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, you you got your loins crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Universal actually had um... turned into a thug, a cheap thug. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Going to the old mill. Um, <laughs> so Universal actually got Rami to cut something from the film in order to keep it as a PG-13 film. They wanted people to take their families to see. This oh, movie.
1: tell me something to do with a gobble. <laughs>
0: Sort of. Oh, it's a gobble. No, it's not a gobble. Oh, okay. Little Kevin was on show in a full frontal nude scene. Oh, wow. And Costa was actually really upset because he felt that Universal not keeping it in the film showed they lacked courage. Ah. Oh. And so there's no real, uh, I couldn't find anything saying what sort of scene it was. But my assumption would be that it's probably a uh, dressing room scene. Yeah. And um, so Universal removed it one because they wanted the PG thirteen rating, but in testing as well, they found lots of women giggled during it because they weren't prepared to see a naked Kevin uh, Costner, okay. and so they were worried how that would reflect the film. Yeah, so Cause, um, because he gets it out in Dances of Wolves. I haven't watched Dances of Wolves. He's in the. I think
1: man. yeah, he's in the um, bloody hell River from memory. that word. That one, yeah, word, yeah, 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 Okay, yeah. cool. Um,
0: so, yeah, so they cut that out as well, um, which is a really interesting sort of Aww. thing. Um,
1: man, he s- can't just get—he can't get any nudity into his films, man. Nah. What's going on,
0: Sam? Ramy. He struggles. <laughs> we got Who the directs gift? national lampoons movies. Let's get, <laughs> <laughs> let's get a lampoon's vacation. Going. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Craig, do you want to know what was released in 1999? I do. <laughs> 1999. Man. Yeah, 99. Where were you? I am a year away from graduating high school. I'd already graduated. So, I was unemployed. Se- 17 at this point I am. Wow. Um, so the number one film and I've got a really great tale about this sto- this film. Uh the number one film for 1999 was Star Wars Episode 1 The Phantom Menace. Seriously, I've never been
1: more excited over a poster in my life. Oh, That's still considered one of the best posters, hundred percent ever, hundred percent ever. And that film grows on me so much. Like, oh, man, the whole Star Wars, it grows on me, man. Too. I'm part of a, an awesome Facebook page. It says non. It's called non-toxic Star Wars fan base. Oh, so, so it good. has strict rules about um toxicity in there. Yeah. So if you do, they'll just kick you out. It's wow. about appreciating and loving the movies. Yes. And then you're allowed to debate. But once it gets toxic, you're gone.
0: Wow, that's
2: cool. Yeah, man, cool. it's
1: brilliant. Seriously, guys. I if love you, it. Yeah. If you're that's a, what
0: we're all about here, Craig.
1: If you're if you're basically, go out there, man. Get in the, um. that's why, because I was fed up of the whole toxicity crap yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you and I liked, you know. Oh, yeah. We have. Yeah, like we like Phantom loved, Menace. Yeah. And we loved The Last Jedi, which is.
0: Yeah, Last Jedi was amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's still amazing to me. Um. So for me, uh, I was in, actually, I was in year 12 this year. Um, uh, because my school fit this film into the HSC syllabus, which is the Australian wow. big exams at the end of, of high school. So we had to do for English. They took our entire school and booked the cinema out and we all went awesome. and watched it opening morning. Awesome. So like the 10am session, we, our whole school went as, as a, a unit to watch it together.
1: I went to a midnight session. Did you? With mum. No. Seriously, with mum. I just remembered as you said it then. I went with mum. We are at Glendale.
0: Wow. Because
1: I remember <laughs> my mum. Yeah. So it's just a midnight session. So you know these people who are at these midnight People were
0: sessions. dressing up and
1: yeah, stuff. Yeah, man. I had people dressed up. Yeah. All, all these people dressed up in there. And my mum, the little Tina Turner lady, we are all sitting down there. The movie's starting. And basically and then you first see Jake Lloyd coming to the screen. Yes. And she goes, Who's
2: he? <laughs> okay.
1: Oh, that's that's Anakin Skywalker. Ah oh, Who that who's that? who that guy? <laughs> oh, Mom. He grows up to be Darth Vader. Ah oh, Dart Darth Vader. He did the one the black one. He's the black one. Like a mum. Mom, enough, enough. Just, you're going to get me killed. You're going to get me killed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you can hear good. the grumbles in back. Oh, <laughs> you know, just, just sitting in the background. I was like, oh, God. And out of that. Some Jawa's going to pick her
0: up and go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. At number two, Craig, The Sixth Sense. Oh, love it. Love it. Great film. Yeah, man. It's been a while since I've seen it. No, oh, yeah, it has been, It's been, been hey. quite a while. Um... Number three was Toy Story two. I can't remember which one's Toy Story two. The uh, Jesse the cowgirl oh, comes yeah. along. Woody's going to get sold yeah. to Japan. No, I love that. I love that one, man. Yeah, Parade with sequel. Kelsey Grammer as the yeah. Uh, I actually read um, during Stinky, my Pete. Re- Stinky Pete. Yeah, Stinky Pete. They've actually removed his little scene out of the film. So there's one in the uh, bloopers where they see Stinky Pete's talking to two Barbie dolls. And he's like, if you have a chat to me later, I'll see if I can get you a role in the next Toy Story. Like that. And they've removed it out of the film. Um, Out of those little funny bloopers. Um, I actually read during when I went on holidays with the family uh, a few months back, I read the story of Pixar um, called Creativity Inc. Uh, And it's got some great tales. And one of them is Toy Story 2. Disney had recently at that time purchased a part of Pixar and wanted to make it as a direct-to-DVD sequel, Toy Story 2. And so they tried to make it and it wasn't working and then Pixar said, let us have a crack at making it as a Pixar film. Yep. And what was crazy was someone accidentally deleted all the files of Toy Story 2 uh, about a month and a half out from, like, finishing production.
2: Yeah, Steve, the work experience guy. The work experience Um, guy. And so
0: they were just really fortunate. I'm sorry. A lady had, one of the staff members had gone on maternity leave and wanted to continue working on the project while she was home. Yeah. And she'd backed up the full film onto her home computer. Ethics, man. And just off the back of that, they were able to get it all back and they only lost two weeks of production. But they could have lost the entire film. Yeah. Crazy town, right? Man, uh, and that not, is hard. Yeah, and, and they were at a stage where, um, I wonder what happened to Steve? The oh, well, they didn't sack him. So the the book is actually one on management and leadership styles, creating culture that's creativity focused. Um, and they didn't sack the person; they kept them on. And they said by sitting down with them and going, all right, how did this actually happen? They were able to change processes. And let's be honest, if you made a mistake like that and everyone knew you made a mistake like that, you'd never make it again, would you? No,
1: no, no. Well, there's a saying from one of the management gurus. A guy lost $500,000 once in a financial place. And they said, you're going to fire him? He goes, no, it just cost me $500,000 to train him.
0: Yeah! <laughs> wow! <laughs> what an outlook! <laughs> yeah. What an outlook! Uh, Craig, the number four film for 1999 was The Matrix. Ah, good old Matrix. You tell me if you think this is a vintage year at the end of this because it's a pretty good year. Well, in the old new 99. Matrix
1: is getting signed on. They're on.
0: They're already the
2: on.
1: Fourth one. I know. Shit! I thought Carrie must
0: have died. Um, number five, Disney's Tarzan. Never, never, never seen it. Yeah, it's a I popular sure, one. I had here. to make sure. Yeah. Phil Collins Phil does Collins. the soundtrack. Yep.
1: Uh, at number six. Had an awesome burger.
0: You have talked about your love of the Tarzan <laughs> burger. The, burger
1: the double quarter pounder with bacon.
0: <laughs> man, oh, that's the best
1: burger ever. And, I'll, <laughs> and that's the only reason i love that movie without ever seeing
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, oh, man. so oh. good. Um, at number six, Brendan Fraser in The Mummy. Ah, loved it. We do loved talk it. about our love of that film, yep. don't we, Craig? Number seven was Notting Hill. Oh, another awesome
1: film, man. yeah. Seriously, the a Hill is a movie that I'll just keep going back to and back
0: it's to. It's so charming. It has isn't it? so
1: much heart in it, that yeah. film. And it shows that in simple scenes, you can create entire backstories, yes. an entire just heart. You know what, yeah. I, mean? Like, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? You don't have to. Richard push Curtis
0: it on. excels at that, it excels
1: just in a simple. Gestures and yep. simple touches, yep. you know the simple thing like you know where he picks his wife up, you know, and put her in the car. You yeah, I and mean? she's not staying out, so she, she's coming in. You know what I mean? Moments like that where you just go, yeah, man, these people just these love each other. Yeah, you know I mean, you don't, he doesn't have to say I love you for a
0: minute, ten minutes or so;
1: he just has to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love this.
0: <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I love Richard Curtis. Yeah, uh, get out of retirement, Richard. We need more films. He's from retired. Retirement. Only writing nowadays. He doesn't want to direct. Oh, really? About Time, he said, was his last film. About Time, man. What an awesome film. Yeah, it's amazing. Fucking amazing. amazing. You feel
1: seriously, guys. Go out there and watch this yeah. film. Yeah.
0: Uh, look, this if film. Have, if you have unresolved daddy issues, man, whew, yeah.
1: <laughs> this
0: is going to hurt. Yes. Oh, look, I don't have unresolved daddy issues and it hurt.
1: Yeah. It's like, oh, I mean, not unresolved. <laughs> if, you're just, if you're a very strong bond with your dad, yeah, man, this is going to hurt. Yeah. You're going to hate. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: number eight, The World Is Not Enough, Pierce Brosnan. My Pierce. Favorite Do anything. Christmas uh, Jones is the Christmas Bond girl. <laughs> Christmas only came once Yes, a that's year. right. I thought Christmas <laughs> only came once a year. Uh, at number nine, American Beauty. Oh, wow. It's a good is, year, this, this is uh, The number 10 film was Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Dun, 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 dun. Um, let me just run through a few other films that were released Man, What a good year. year. Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, I, I've only watched it once. I need to watch it with grown-up eyes. Yeah, I same. feel like there was a time, and next week's film is one that was in this. There was a time where teenage Jeff was watching films for one reason. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't for my love of directors. It was Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was... Boobies, um, and so I'd love to see Eyes Wide Shut as a film-loving adult. Yeah, same, same. uh The Green Mile was released. Brilliant. Yep, brilliant film. Iron Giant. Oh, Jeff, yep. Jeff,
1: hitting the heartstrings, man. Seriously, so much hitting heart this year, isn't it? Man. I have a wallpaper at home that has, um, that has. Um, the Iron Giant. Yeah, has Superman sitting on his shoulder. Oh, so says, good! I hear you wanna. I hear you wanna be like me, big fella. <laughs> and it's, it's, such, it's such an awesome. It's so, just, it's so Brad big. Bird. Oh
0: man, it just works works so well. Um, you stay, I go. I have <laughs> Craig didn't get to come along with us this uh, this time, but I actually had a chance to interview Brad Bird. Ah, yeah, And yeah, we yeah. talked about it. We were actually I, in this weird little press junket that we did for Cinefuls. I I was um, able to do a joint press junket of Adventures of Tintin. Yeah. And Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Wow, that is very Was the disjointed. joint junket. So we interviewed Simon Pegg for um, both Adventures in Tintin. Awesome. And, that's cool. Um, Rogue Nation. Maybe it was a Ghost Protocol. I can't remember which one is in the one that's in Dubai. Yeah. I think it's Rogue Nation. Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol, is it? Ah. Uh, Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol. Awesome crap. The one where he climbs on the side of the building. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: Protocol. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeremy Renner's first jump
0: into it. Yeah, yeah. And it starts in Budapest with that awesome sort of scene out the window. Uh, And then we got to interview Brad Bird. And that was awesome because, um, well, in the Simon Pegg interview, it was really funny, Brad Bird snuck in. And Simon Pegg was leaning on his chair, leaning back on his chair. So Brad Bird did the old schoolyard trick of pulling the back of the chair. (laughs) And Simon Pegg let out the girliest scream I ever heard. It was (laughs) the best. But I was dead on facing the door with Simon Pegg in front of me, just like we're sitting here. And behind him, while Simon Pegg's talking about motion capture and all this stuff, I'm watching Brad Bird sneak like a little child, (laughs) it was the best little window to how someone's mind is, which is, I've got a couple minutes to kill. I'm going to go into that interview and stir him up. And and so it was just like, you know, you watch a film like The Iron Giant, um, even, you know, The Incredibles and The Incredibles 2, you just see someone who, they're a big kid at heart. Yeah. But they translate so much heart into the films. It's yeah, just definitely. amazing, Craig. Oh, it is. Love Brad Bird. Um, Magnolia was released. Man, what a hardcore film. Beautiful
2: oh, film.
1: Hardcore film.
0: Uh, Fight Club. Oh, wow, this is a brilliant year, man. This yep. is a brilliant year. Payback with Mel Gibson. I loved it.
1: Loved yep. it. Sleepy Hollow. Oh, I'm going to get my son to watch that. Oh, oh actually, whoa, maybe Craig! No, <laughs> because uh, I was trying to tell him the story about Sleepy
0: Hollow the other day. Why don't you just watch the Ichabod and Crane Disney one? Yeah, I'm going. That's to. pretty hardcore. I'm going
1: to watch. this one. I'll probably just watch that one because um, you just
0: wanted to hear a story about it. Like, yeah, cool. Here it is. Now here's a cinema classic: Wild Wild West. Oh, Wicked
1: wow Wow. Wild Also, I The
0: first time I watched that, I enjoyed it. I still enjoy it. It's like a little guilty I've never pleasure. I've watched it since. It's just silly fun. Will Smith is so charming in it. Yeah. Kevin Kline's always fun when he yeah, he, whenever is. he's in a film. And so I think it's just one of those silly, obscure, western
1: sort of films. What do you think of the new Bad Boys for Life trailer?
0: I haven't watched it yet. Okay. I actually, only for the first time today, saw the new Terminator trailer. Oh, did you? Um, which it looks good. Looks damn good. I'm, I'll be there. They've converted me. To I wasn't gonna up. do it. But how does Bad Boys look? Bad Boys for Life. It looks like.
2: Do they bad look
1: bloated too? Oh, <laughs> does it look like Bad Boys Two? Bad Boy One. <laughs> okay, so it's just pretty standard. It's pretty standard, you know. Just interesting, um, you know. Will Smith. Oh no, you did it! Yeah, and then um, and Martin Lawrence Oh called, hell
0: no! Oh hell no! I ain't doing that. <laughs> 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 I'm retiring. <laughs> and then throwing
1: out swear words.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I get the gist. Uh, the other f- trailer I saw today, I actually went to the cinemas and watched Hobbs and Shaw. I have a oh, love cool. for Fast and Furious. Um, Craig's disgusted with me over that, but that's all right. Mm-hmm. I can live with it. Um, The trailer, I'm so keen on Gemini, man. Man, I think that looks awesome. Yeah, looks I'm so keen awesome. on it. Yeah, man. H-pop. I can't wait to see. Hey, also released in 99, Bowfinger. Oh! Ah!
1: I was thinking about that. We were talking about that the other yeah, day. Yeah, we were yeah, yeah. the other
0: day. Um, the Hurricane. Oh, I love that Denzel was amazing in it. Denzel was amazing Man, Three Kings. What a brilliant year. Yeah, Three Kings is an amazing film. I love, I love it. it. Amazing love film.
1: It. And to think that George Clooney actually got into a punch-up on set is amazing. Did he? Yeah, man. With who? Um, the director.
0: Oh, so, well, David O. Russell. Yeah, David O. <laughs> Russell. You know, has he a, gets in a fight with everyone that he directs. But
1: David O. Russell
0: was abusing um, a crew member. Oh, wow. And Clooney stepped in. Yeah. Wow. Punch up. Wow. Punch up, man. Hey. So interesting. David O. Russell's an interesting director. I'd love to take a look at his filmography because he's got quite a lot
1: love to see him and lily tomlin in a room. oh
0: man they clip? our that clips are hilarious she man. is I, I, i'll, I'll yeah. never get on the bad side of lily tomlin oh man no
1: no no she has an awesome um quote that says you know even if you um even if you win the rat
0: race you're still a rat
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: that should give you that should give so her a perfect rude.
1: window into her, what type of person she is straight down the line
0: and lastly craig uh cruel intentions Oh, I love what an amazing soundtrack! Yeah, amazing soundtrack. So ninety nine, and I left some stuff off there. That's a big year of film. That's a huge year, man. considering what we consider great films. Yeah, there's a lot of great films. Oh, on there's this a list. lot of great
1: films there, man. A lot of great films.
0: Now, for love of the game, Craig had a fifty million dollar budget. That's huge, man. Fifty mil. How much of that do you reckon went to Kevin? I, I'd say twenty at
2: least. Yeah. Because yeah, I would say at least.
0: looking over past notes, this is Raimi's biggest budget today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So it's, it's pretty wild. Now, when we get to Spider-Man time, I would be really interested to see what the first Spider-Man was made for. Yeah, exactly. Whether it was a $50 million. And the second and third. Or second, yeah. This is, and it'll be really interesting to see his box office takings because really he hasn't had, his first Evil Dead was a hit. Yep. Because it was such a small budget. The return was good. But since then he's sort of been just making money, not making money. Yeah. Just making money. And in this film he ran at a loss. Oh, Worldwide made forty six million. Oh. So you know and but like if you really think about it now logically, you could not get a fifty million dollar baseball movie made no. these days.
1: No, unless and you would have to
0: ensemble
1: Big time. You'd have to put an ensemble together to actually do that. Yeah. Like yep. you couldn't just weigh it on one person.
0: If you could get like a, you know, a Brad Pitt, a DiCaprio, someone else and yeah, someone, exactly. else, someone else, maybe. Yeah, but exactly. You'd have to, seriously. It's a huge budget for a film that, when I think of production value, there's good production value in there. Oh, yeah. It's exactly. a slick film. It
1: is a very, it's very, when it's not on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. It's very nineties. Oh, isn't it? Isn't it ever. It's a, so like those suits, man. Yeah, you know, those over oversized, over tailored, not even not
0: over tailored, just you know, under tailored suits, you know it's what I mean? It's really funny because there are a few things I was thinking about this while I was watching the film as well. Mm. There are a couple of things that can really date a film. Yeah. So when we think about uh some some of Raimi's other films, I guess this is the first film he's made. That could date. Yeah. De- yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Because you've got female fashions, a big one. Yeah. So whenever someone's dressed sort of in cutting edge fashion, it dates really quickly. Oh,
1: incredibly quickly. It, um, you can almost see that um, production design was they had an unlimited
0: budget. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so they're, they're like, what, the would a, what would a wag wear these days? Well, yeah, let's put so. that on. But. That always dates because they're not timeless things. They're yep. fads. Yeah, they had the Bob, yeah, Bobby haircuts. haircuts. You
1: know those the Jennifer Aniston
0: style yes. haircuts. Yeah, big time. Glasses are a big giveaway. Yep, I find like reading glasses really show uh, just by how angular they are or what size they are. Nowadays, we're like myself. I have quite large lensed glasses. Yeah, whereas ten years ago. Or twenty years ago, in this case, it was about how thin your glasses were, how yeah, exactly. how little thin rectangles they were, yeah. and so things like that. The other ones that's a big giveaway is whenever there's a cell phone. Oh gosh! Because yeah, straight they- away you're just like, oh gosh! Oh lord, what is that? A brick? Yeah, yeah, baby. Well <laughs> what's this we little call Nokia's? <laughs> what's this little shell they're using? You know, like it's <laughs> yeah. like the weird, weird thing. So I think they're one of those things. Like think, think about a simple plan. That doesn't have any of that stuff in it. In no. actual fact, like the old pickup truck they're driving, it's timeless in a sense because it's like this ingrained thing of that's what a rural U.S. town people drive in. Exactly. Old pickup truck. I don't think winter fashion has
1: changed in the last forty years. No, you just got to get warm. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> You right. got to wear a beanie. Beanies, beanies and uh, something with all, you know fluffy gloves, scarves. I, yeah, exactly. Winter
2: fashion.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's fine. As soon as you get summary, no, you get fashion. Yeah, yeah. And definitely. so it's a real giveaway. Now the nineties weren't the coolest time either. No, but it's funny.
1: I've I've hardly looked back on times and actually said, oh, that were they were good fashionable times. I don't.
0: I can't remember a really good fashion. I think time. Craig, we are in a generation now, like a little period of time where fashion is gonna be looked back by a lot of people as, what was I thinking? Oh hell yes, hell yes. Because, I'm not the coolest cat. I'll Greek? throw it out right now. Well, Thanks Neither for I. agreeing about That's that. Right. Greg. <laughs> no, no, yeah, look, man. I'm you sitting here cargo pants, man. <laughs> cargo
1: pants, um, and and shoes I bought from Thailand.
0: But we were we were in our <laughs> we were at the hospital recently, um, and while I was sitting there, I looked around the waiting room, the emergency room, and there was someone wearing an aqua-colored tracksuit, head to toe. Awesome. A young guy. And awesome. I thought. You Did he have gold chains on? Your gold chains. He had the bum bag. Yep. and the the cap, the real lad sort of cap going uh, on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, being an eshe, as they like to call but Did he have grills? Sound like he needed grills. He didn't have grills, <sighs> but he had the worst set of teeth I've ever seen. Oh, there uh, you go. That's why he got I to had Chris. to explain to Kathy Lee what getting on the nang was, uh, <sighs> so she got why his teeth were in that way. Um, Craig's looking at me a bit. Do you know getting what the on name? name? Oh. Are you talking drugs? <sighs> yeah.
2: You
1: talking mm. drugs? Yes, yeah, oh, so. cool. yeah, makes sense. So, um,
0: you inhale stuff through a bag, and it passes through your teeth and just ends up. Yeah, it's same on, on the, Same up. on the pipe as well. Um, and so yeah. Anyways, I was just looking around and thinking, far out, right, that guy's gonna look back one day and just be like, what on earth was I thinking? Yep. This is the worst. The other ones that spin me out are the
1: jean shorts that show their ass. Oh yeah. Not intent, not not what those ones, you know, those people who are just like me have big asses and just can't help the shock bit of crack because your yeah. crack starts at the No, below. the ones that are perfect. starts cut above them. your knee. <laughs> 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 like your ass started above your knee. But um, yeah, those people who just, yeah, you're just showing it and you're like, oh my God. And you, the poor buggers, they have to. um,
0: They're constantly pulling them down.
1: Yeah, they're constantly pulling them down. Listen to us, we sound like two old brogues right old now. We're two old guys, man. We're two old guys today. We're too old guys. Today. They can't bend over for. Anything, man. They, you know, they always have to do, they always have to just, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That little sort of cross-legged squat.
1: Squat. Yeah, that's how they squat to pick up anything. It's so funny.
0: Anyways, thanks for that little old man tangent, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> you tip us on there. Seriously, I we're slowly rah- turned,
1: rah- 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 turned into the two old guys off um,
0: right. The Muppet Show. That's <laughs> Waldorf and Sattler. <laughs> yeah. So good. I'm happy with that. I can yeah, live with that. Yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, come watch a movie with us, guys. You'll hear us. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Look what she's wearing. Right. Bring out the tits. <laughs> Bring out the
1: tits. We want a gobble. Back in my day, we used to have tits in everything. <laughs> A big uh, pair of tits would come out and say, "Go to the, go to the lobby,
0: <laughs> and get yourself some
2: snacks." <laughs> that
0: makes that makes me think of cream buns.
2: <laughs>
0: um, I'm gonna. I hope I become one of those old people that read every bit of text on the screen. Oh, oh they're in Moscow, <laughs> <laughs> Moscow, Moscow, 1914. Oh, it's a oh. good year. Um, so Craig. That's pretty much 1999 in a nutshell. That's where the film's up to here. So I hadn't seen this film. I reckon there's quite a lot of people who've either either watched this film or never seen it at all. Yeah, there'd be a lot. So let's take a moment, Craig, and let's just hear about it. In the midst of pitching a perfect game, legendary baseballer Billy Chappell reminisces on life, love, and loss throughout his career. It's Sam Raimi's nostalgic love lettered baseball with a good dose of romance.
2: Let's talk about For Love of the Game.
0: So good, Craig. Now, I'd love to know, Craig, you said you watched this film a bit. Heaps. When was the last time you watched it? Probably about...
1: Probably about six months ago. Wow, that's soon. Oh, no, it was a TV. So I'd have to say... oh. oh. I watched about. I watched the back end of it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm glad you didn't watch it on YouTube. No. 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 No.
1: No. The ending of it on YouTube. Oh no! I've got it on DVDs. Oh yeah. No, it's Kevin Costner. I've got all Kevin
0: Costner films. So good. Um, <laughs> for me, I've never seen this film. Mm. I actually didn't know it existed. Oh really? Until this season. I think. Yeah. It's 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 an odd thing. Yeah. It's an odd piece. It's it's a really unique film. Um and I think why it's a unique film. I love the fact that this film is a oh I guess well it's a it's a it's very much a reminiscing. Yeah. You know, there's something it's a nostalgia trip. Yeah. It's a picture reminiscing on his career. Yep. And it's really romantically approached. Yeah, I, I, I actually think there's more romance in the baseball yeah. than there is in the romance. Oh yeah, exactly. And
1: that's what's so funny. You see more the drama off screen. Yeah. And then there's he has the perfect relationship with baseball. Yeah. But and that's I guess one of the points when it comes to the ending giving away spoilers. Yeah. He always Sorry, said that John. he gave he gave baseball his everything. Yeah. And so gave he had it a better heart. relationship. He never he never managed to do that with her. Yeah. And so that's why he said at the end, I'll you know,
0: I'll do it. I'll give it I'll give you all that. As it well. was funny, um, to just skip to the ending. I one thing that really bothered me, and maybe it's just He's the romantic <laughs> in me, is at no point did Costner ever say sorry. No. You know what I mean? Costner like,
1: never says sorry.
0: Come on Costner
1: never says Park sorry. Park Kent
0: would say sorry straight away. No, Parkent would say let him drown. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. He would. So Craig, just before we get too far into it, what did you expect? Six months on, what did you expect of the film for this? A Costner film. Yeah, just an out and out Kevin Costner film. An out and out Kevin Costner film. Just Kevin Costner playing baseball
1: again. No surprises. No surprises at all. Yeah. Seriously, no surprises at all. It almost seems it's it's very much a um as much as I enjoyed the film. Watching it again as yep. a Kevin Costner film, I didn't enjoy it as a Sam Raimi film. Interesting, very interesting. I like I enjoyed it. It's still a good film, but it's it it seems like an outlier. Yeah, it's, it is. An, it's it's very much you know what I mean. And so it doesn't seem like yeah. It just it's that's just a great a, description, Craig. Yeah, so it really is, and that's what's odd about it. You know what I mean? Um, just in case people don't know what an outlier is, it's just yeah, it's just just something that's just a blip. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's something that's totally different. That almost seems like it it doesn't belong. Yes. You know what I mean? Like um, I know we're just a one-off random things. occurrence. I would. I would you know how there's the rumor of the hard target? Yep. Um, I would place that in his um filmography quicker than I'd place this.
0: Yeah, and just for people who are wondering what the hard target is, the rumour is that uh, John Woo stepped out as director of that film and Sam Raimi was brought in to ghost direct hard target with John claude Van Damme. Yeah. Um, and do we let the cat out of the bag, Craig? Should we let a little cat out of the bag? Let's, let's, let's bag it. We're, we're going to do some mini episodes during the off-season. Yep. And one of those we will be talking... John Woo slash Sam Raimi's hard target. Hard Target. We can't wait to talk that. Um, yeah, for me, Craig, I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I didn't watch the trailer going into it. I love to be as fresh as I can going into the film. And what I really didn't expect was how much not romance there was. So I guess what I expected, and I was hoping we'd go to romance films around this sort of time. Yeah. I guess I was expecting more of a say, you've got mail. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Than a Jerry Maguire. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. this is but to me there's still joy in Jerry Maguire. And I think what really sits not well with this film for me is the fact that Raimi's joy I don't feel very present in the relationship side of it,
1: I think one of the things i enjoyed about i enjoy about watching this and other types of relationship films yeah is that it is that exact reason that it's not it's it's not a magical relationship yeah, you know what i mean it's it's, it's a, a bit it's, warts and all yeah it's a bit it's very warts and all you know what I mean yeah. like you know she's not she's not she is the stereotypical writer. Yeah. Um, you know, which means she's always at home, but she has a, you know, she has a 16 year old daughter. Yeah. Um. She basically, you know, and he is not a likable guy when it comes to um, relationships. Yeah. He has to get over himself. He has to get over his sport yep. because that's where he's, he's, he's single minded focus has made him who he is. And so that's, what's good to see these two. I like the fact that it's not a perfect relationship, but that's, they over they you hope, yeah. See, but that's the funny thing you hope they overcome it, and you leave the film going, I hope they do well, yeah. But you know, there's nothing a hundred percent about them doing it. Yeah, well. you know, which is an odd thing as well because most films you go, oh, they're gonna live happily ever after. This yeah. one you go, it's good they're giving it another go. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: you know, I mean because they're both they're both very imperfect. You know, I think. I had an attachment to Kelly Preston's character more than I did in the relational side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when I'm watching the baseball stuff, I'm in for Costner. Yeah, yeah. I want exactly. him to win. But when it gets to the relational stuff, I don't want him to win. See I actually I actually want Kelly Preston to find someone that's not gonna
2: yeah, be exactly. a dog about it. But that's
1: <laughs> and that's just funny. And that's been played and this has been done again afterwards. It's these people who are so it's very much like Notting Hill. Yeah, Julie Roberts is the same. They're in this um, higher, let's say it, a higher status. Yes, they're higher level, and they don't know how to work at these relationships, and so yep. therefore they constantly fail because all their all their lives are just focused on what their career is. At yeah, the time. and um, and so you see, oh, they're sort of like not good people. And yep. you see him doing this to normal people But, you know, you're just like, oh, what are you doing? Like, you know, there are times in Notting Hill where you go Hugh, man, what are you doing, yeah. man? Yeah Like, you're actually taking that dude's plates out You know, what are you taking like, Alec <laughs> Baldwin's plates out? What are you <laughs> doing, bro? <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. And But, you know, once like, again, you hope that it just You hope that the the change is is, is him Yeah She needs to, you know, the change is him The same with in Notting Hill to change is her. Yeah. Not him.
0: No, I love that little parallel, Craig. You know what I mean? And,
1: oh no, that's what I liked about that's what I liked about the um because
0: baseball he's confident. He yeah. knows everything
1: he's doing. Yeah. Baseball. In life, no.
0: Yeah. Jack so shit. good. Yeah. And I do love the relationship that he has with Jenna Malone.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. like there's that that
0: beautiful moment where um Later in, he's reminiscing about later in his career Where he's broken up with Kelly Preston's character Mm. Um, And he goes, he's just sitting, having a coffee one day Because he's in town to play And then Jenna Malone walks past and she's in college And just that little moment where they hug and she says, I miss you And he says, I miss you too And it's not not like a disingenuine thing It's like, there's such, like, it's a real... Like, it's such yeah. a real dad moment. Oh, wasn't one it? of
1: the moments I love in the film is where you see him getting used to all the questions. Yes. <laughs> the noise that comes with being a dad. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, the husband, and the in husband, a sense. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, being that, that the male, that part yeah. of the family. Um, and it's so funny to watch. It's so funny to watch. And I, I just looked at my wife, who I watched the movie with, and she, we just nodded. We nodded in agreement.
0: But we had like, <laughs> Kathy Lee and I. I was really pleased because this is the first film oh, yeah, in Sam Raimi's filmography would that be. I've watched with my wife, um, and so there was a little moment where Kathy was like, well, "What's up with that?" And I'm like, "It's just what happens. You get used to all those questions that come along, yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're when you're not, you know what I mean? Like, well, when he's spending like weeks on the road, yeah, people ask him what he wants." Plus, and he gets it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, and plus, like, if you've been involved with, like, if you had that kid and every parent knows it, you know. Yeah. It's your kid. So you sometimes, yeah. and you still, look, you still get the shits with your kid and your wife, you know what I mean? But he he totally. comes into their life. They don't come into his, you know what I mean? And so totally. it's basically, so it's a very, it's a very hard run for him. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, though. It's he's funny. You just go, he wants to be quiet. You're like, yeah, mate.
0: Not gonna, you're never gonna have that, you bro. You're never gonna get
1: out quiet, man. Unless you're on a shitter. Even then, <laughs> man, you have to lock the door. It's so <laughs> good. It's so true. Yeah, oh, sure. Seriously, seriously, man, watching Paul Rudd in uh, what is it? Forty. This, this is forty. This is forty,
0: and he's playing the iPad in uh, the oh, toilet. Yeah, in the toilet, yeah, man. <laughs> you relate to that?
1: <laughs> oh well, I don't. I can't close the door. <laughs> yeah, you can't close the door. Carter has no boundaries, man.
0: What, so he comes in while
1: you go on number two? Yeah. I'll go, Carter, man, can't you stink? He goes, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, but I know this he goes, I know this annoys you <laughs> Which
0: is yeah, even. Pretty fair. Pretty fair. So I funny. tease the crap out of
1: him. So he teased the crap out of me.
0: Can I can I just talk that early moment in the film where Costner is setting up the dinner? So he's in oh, yeah. the hotel, he's setting up the dinner, he's waiting for his girlfriend to come along. Yep. Um, it's that moment where she's gonna break up with him, yep. essentially. Um, the lighting in that scene was gorgeous. Um the, the like even the way it was he walked in, I looked over at Kathy Lee and Kathy Lee loves older films. So you're like your Bing Crosby's yep. and you know, your Fred Astaire films and things like that. It was just lit. And shot just like, like it looked like it could have been pulled out of that era, but they were wearing different Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, clothes. exactly,
0: yeah.
2: It
1: was just… Smelled of rich mahogany. Beautiful. And
0: <laughs> and the hotel probably played a part in it, you know, because oh, yeah, it, it looked rich and luscious. But, like, just the, there was a real smokiness to the lighting, mm. you know, that was just beautiful. And you go, well, Costner's a good-looking dude. I nearly did a um, death of an extra on the doorman. Oh, did you? Yeah, I always <laughs> did. But
1: it's um because he's a he's an awesome character. I passed away. And I was like, Jesus, who am I choosing all the time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, he's done a, he's done a lot. He was the he was the also he was the postman in Miss Doubtfire. Remember they did the oh, TV show? Oh yes, yeah. So this guy's been in heaps of films, but so it just, I good. couldn't find enough um you know enough good chunky
0: detail on it. So it really didn't lead to much. Can we talk a bit, Craig, about um? There's some moments in this film that I actually think, one, Raimi's recycling a few tricks from his bag. Yeah, So you can actually see the Raimi moments that do pop up. You go, oh, I can picture that there. Oh, yeah. I can picture that there uh, with a bit more money. Uh, there's a real. I love the scene. The oh, what do he say? Clear the, the mechanism. Clear the mechanism. Brilliant. That first time, and it trans. The transition that the background changes behind him. It's like he's finally got to nail that moment in Darkman. Yeah. you know where it transitions from nighttime to daytime. And but uh, but he he brilliantly manages to use that as a plot point. He does, doesn't he?
1: And it, and and um, and I and you hear. And I've heard about a lot of people. This happens to a lot of people once. That, and it does, you know, as we both know, when we get fatigued in anything, you, know, you start, all the stuff starts to come in. Yeah. And that's what's a brilliant. He tries to clear the mechanism at the end and then it starts, and then, yeah, 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 oh, wow, and
0: man. the New York crowd are just like hardcore, aren't they? Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> I like how they turn. You know, yeah, yeah, they I do. Love, I love when the crowd turns in a movie. You know, like in
0: Rocky Four. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think there are lots of moments in this that I think in a couple films' time we'll look back and see he was testing stuff for Spider-Man. Yep. So the clear the mechanism has that moment, and the sound design that comes along with that. He always has beautiful sounds. Remind, oh, and the moment, like the sound of the ball being pitched. Yep. Um, that's just. The speed
1: of it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and hearing it hit the mitt. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's Sh- a, black. I, I think that's that's one of the brilliant things about baseball, you know, and the dust that comes off the mitt.
2: Well, it's very I mean? tactile, isn't it? Yeah, it in is. In all it, the way
0: exactly. things play out. Um, I loved the, the clear the mechanism moment, made me think of those moments in Spider Man, you know, where he stops. And his spider sense kicks in yeah. And he hears things Yeah You know, it's sort of Focusing on one thing It was really like And then and stops And the, all the, you see the spitball Yeah, goes, yeah And so I, I love that Also the scene I think it's in 2 Where the car gets thrown Into the window yeah. yeah, window. Like really reminded me of that There's also some beautiful New York skyline moments Oh yeah That, yeah. that I was like Oh, we're testing Because You know, like They never talk about it But you know, Spider Man's New York. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, there's that that really famous trailer that got pulled. Actually hopefully we can track that down, which yeah, is yeah, I've seen it the one ago. where Spider Man um, uses the two towers to put they a capture, web up and capture a uh, it captures a helicopter, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a um, it's it's a bank heist and then ends yeah. up
1: in a chopper. Yeah. So
0: um you know those moments A which, teaser trailer. It's a yeah, teaser it's a, it's a sick teaser too. I freaking out. Um, yeah and so little moments like that within the film that I go, oh, wow, he's really... I don't think he's intentionally testing for Spider-Man, mm. but he's testing some things out that he then starts... Like the Zemeckis season, Zemeckis started pulling from his little bag of tricks that he's done things. You know, we talked in I Want to Hold Your Hand about how he was basically honing skills for Back to the Future. Yeah. That's and, right. and I think we'll look back on this little season of studio films yeah being crucial parts playing towards Spider-Man
1: well like well
0: cuz Spider-Man once you, as you said it's
1: a Spider-Man's a typical um, New York um he is a New York superhero yeah but you're Raimi basically this is this is a um it is like a New York love letter as well yeah you know what i mean but i guess it's
0: New York it's the most cinematic
1: City in the world,
0: yeah, it is, isn't it? It is. You just—you're never going to beat it. I love how, um, I, in my little binge of films this last two weeks, um, I watched. Tokyo Drift, the Fast and Furious oh my film, God. Uh, and there's a moment where they're they're drifting through the streets of Tokyo, oh. and, and <laughs> just like just and like and just name? the title says, <laughs> right? <laughs> but there's Look, that I hate re- these films, man.
2: <laughs> there's <laughs> that really
0: uh, famous walkway that just has like thousands of people just crossing across the pedestrian crossings, and. But it's all really lit up, and and there was that moment where Times it was like I thought Times Square has basically become like a Japanese city, hasn't it? Yeah, it has, man. It, like the way it's, that it's evolved in it's the last twenty five
1: years. I think it's
0: pretty much a Blade Runner city. It is, isn't it? It's it is. so it crazy. Is. It's a
1: Blade Runner city.
0: It's become so, and and it's strange because really it's just been the evolution of what Times Square's always been. Yeah, exactly. Which is plenty of ads in that space, mm. but. It's become so modernized that it has become like this not post apocalyptic but this futuristic yeah. sort of Imagine how scene. confused
1: poor Steve Rogers was when he first landed. Oh there. definitely.
0: And we actually oh. we've binged all the Captain Americas as well. As Craig. Amazing. It was great. Films. Actually First Avenger. Man, Joe Johnson. Yeah, man. It's a so great film. good. Great film. It sets him up perfectly. Craig, can we take a moment to discuss a film that contains Shaggy in the soundtrack? Does this contain Shaggy? Nostalgia? You better believe it's got a Shaggy song in there. Really? I was thinking it contains Paint It Black. Oh, Paint It Black's in there, but and <laughs> then, then we go into... Shaggy. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're rubbish. We're rubbish Shaggy as much as
1: I bag Shaggy. Shaggy, I've I've <laughs> listened to so many so his songs so many. Mr. times. Mister Lover Lover, <laughs> Lover, mm, they called me Mister Bombastic. Many
0: fantastic.
1: One of the... me.
2: <laughs> Do you remember that yeah, It wasn't me.
0: Who <laughs> wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. One other little thing that I thought was a bit odd in this film. Let's take a moment to discuss Kevin Costner ripping up slices of bread into a cup oh, and pouring it milk into Oh, is that freaking
2: gross? A... <laughs> what the shit the hell's going on there? <laughs>
0: Who came up with that? Oh, man, Kevin. Yeah, it seems that's like a something Kevin a star thing. would ask for. That's Wolf. a Kevin thing. Hey, I got this really good idea. For a bonding moment between him and the kid. She walks on in on him eating bread and milk in a cup. They maybe or, or Rami said to him, What do you do to relax when you just need to get away <laughs>
2: from
1: things? <laughs> I'll pour bread and milk in a cup. When I was on the set of white <laughs> 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 Yeah, because that's filthy shite. <laughs> filthy, man. But I wonder. Cause it's like people who put rice and milk.
2: I,
0: I once dated a girl who her cereal was milk arrowroot biscuits and milk. Random, hey. Crushed it up. Oh, Would just eat it. biscuits and I've, milk for I have a breakfast. friend who loves rice pudding, obviously, which is rice and milk. Just rice and milk. My wife loves rice pudding. It's got like brown sugar through it though. Ugh, sweet. Rice and milk, man. Yeah. It's Such a white person thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> just, what? Rice just, bubbles is just,
2: a white just, thing to do. Just, just, just,
1: just, as an Asian, that just sounds wrong. <laughs> it just feels wrong, man. It's just like, so just like it's like sacrilege.
2: Sacrilege, sacrilege. Um, sacrilege. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really want to. I was take watching that film clip the other day. That's an awesome film
0: clip. What are you talking about?
1: Sacrilege by, um, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs>
0: I've not seen the film. Clip. Have you seen a film clip? No, man, you have to go watch his film clip. I can't remember who directed it. It's brilliant. I I've not seen a yeah, yeah yeahs film clip since head to roll. Oh man, seriously, this is this is a brilliant film clip. You I'll will check appreciate it. Appreciate it. Okay, I'll it's, check it. It's a it. movie. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. I love the yeah, 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 yeah so I'll happily get on there. Yeah, you got me um, the yeah. on them, So yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. Um, it's Blitz. Is there? Karen O. Karen O. Um. I really loved Craig. There were scenes in Costner's flashbacks. Mm. Uh, we talked about in the intro episode how Raimi fell in love with film by watching a uh, Super 8 film that his dad had made. Just threw it into the mitt, son. Oh, and that
1: those... his real m- parents up in the... Costner's real parents? Yeah, were the old ones. In the stands. Yeah, in the stands.
0: Oh, that's Mm. so good. Mm. I loved those little moments that were Super 8 films. Yeah. Because there was... I just felt like Raimi's childhood was able to be embraced and brought. So I think that was a really personal Raimi touch. Yeah, exactly. That I don't know how many personal Raimi touches we've had before. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. I think we've had... Raimi's flair that comes through and is really intelligent, well thought out. But a really personal touch like that, you go, like, immediately, knowing that history of him watching his dad's films and all that, I was like, oh, man, not only is this a nostalgic film for, say, Costner, this is a really nostalgic film for Raimi. Yeah. Looking at the way – he describes the film as a look at how uh, friendships – are challenging. Yeah. And it's not until Costner gets to the end of the film. For Raimi, this is a film about him and Gus who was oh played Gus. by John C. Riley. John C. Riley, man. Do you think he was just born looking grubby? <laughs> <There> <laughs> he a he grubby was, kid.
1: Yeah, I reckon he's oh, I reckon he was born with that shadow, the five o'clock shadow. <laughs> <laughs> you know? He always had that, that friggin' alcoholic's nose. You yep. know what I mean? Just John C Riley, just you know that that lovable. He was that kid, you know, you'd you know that kid in class he like, was always like eating dirt and shit.
0: I feel like we'll find out one but day. he's just your best friend. John C Riley is like one of those ho- boxcar hobos from the um Charlie Chaplin era. Oh yeah, man, seriously. And he's, he's gone forward in time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly he <laughs> he's is. It's like he's, from a total different era. He? He, he
1: always he always looks like he should be wearing friggin', um Overalls. <laughs> Suspenders. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suspenders. <laughs> uh, overalls with a white shirt, you know, but, but, uh, and just rip it with a rip down the front. You know what I mean? And
0: a straw hat. Just straw hat <laughs> <laughs> like
1: with, with a, l- a whole bunch of corn behind him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <Yeah. laughs> I love. I love John C. Reilly. John C. Riley, No. love John C. Reilly. John C. Raleigh, C. Raleigh is an amazing actor. And actually, there's a, I feel like, a simple plan and for love of the game is where Raimi is starting to really start attracting some talent. Yeah. And not only that, he's building a stable of actors that he's drawing from again and again yeah. in films. So we've got like, how good is J. K. Simmons in this film? <laughs> J. K. Simmons. He's just, he's just perfect in anything like
1: that. He's I think he's the perfect grumpy New Yorker. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah.
0: And like he goes on, J. K. Simmons is in the next Four films. I've not wow. seen Drag Me to Hell. Wow. Um, so he's very prominent in Raimi's filmography moving forward. Yeah, and um, his TV show counterpart was pretty good. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I Worth watched a the watch first five episodes. Man. Oh, I have to check it out. Man, his acting is amazing. Is it amazing? Oh, Do you I'm know really the story kidding. of it? No.
1: Do you wanna? Yeah. yeah. So, so it's a there's this there's this this guy who works in this weird company and he just. Puts the, he has to work in this cube, and he puts this thing into like, and just translates these data, and then sends it up. Finds out that this company has a door which leads to an alternate universe. What? And in this alternate universe is you. But what happened was the timeline skewed, which you'll find out later on. The like the time you know this in the first episode, the timeline skewed, but you don't know why. And so there's a different version of you in a different universe. Oh. And so the version of him in the other universe is this hardcore, frigging confident, wow, just like I would say like an assassin type killer. Yeah. Who comes in and he meets up with obviously this one who's just this timid guy. And it's not, and he obviously it's JK Simpson, so he's not overacting, but he you just automatically know each one. And then as you see him blend on, you see him start to pick up.
2: Oh, wow. Seriously.
0: Seriously. I thought it was going to be like a BBC style sort of cop show. so Like just one of their sort of spy slash cop shows. So I was like, eh. But that's intriguing. Oh, man, it is. It's hardcore intriguing. Seriously. Just seriously. Oh, I'm Give in it for a
1: couple that. of episodes, man. And it's just, yeah, you'll
0: be. Oh, I might get on it. That might be a good one for Catherine. I just haven't whatever. time.
1: Just time. As with everything. Yeah. So Freaking good episodes out There's
0: there There's so many good So much good content out there Isn't yeah, there exactly. Craig We are very blessed At the at the moment um, So oh, I love J.K. Simmons In this Like It's Really He's a very underrated actor Yeah I think He's starting to get his credit He's starting to get his credit I think post Whiplash yeah, and he is astounding in Whiplash. I if you've just, not seen Whiplash, out there people, please go see Whiplash. Get on man. Whiplash. Go see Whiplash; it Whiplash. is phenomenal. It's not a fun film,
1: definitely far from fun, but it's no, amazing.
0: It is amazing. Amazing. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I, you know how you hear um, critics, you know, pull out their ass the word tour
0: de force. Yes,
1: that's Whiplash.
2: Oh,
0: of acting, he's and he as a director amazing. is is just like to really go. Whiplash, La La Land and First Man as your first three Damn. films. You know, I'm really keen on his next film is a 1920s film. Oh, wow. Um, Something about the Babylon, maybe Hotel Babylon, something like that. It's cool. So okay. really keen to check that out. Um, But, you know, you've got J.K. Simmons is great. John C. Riley is amazing in this brilliant, film. Brilliant, yeah, brilliant. He's really, I love the fact that his character isn't dumb. Yeah, it's exactly. a bit
1: simple. Well, I think that really comes across as it. Yeah. Um, well, I think from reading interviews and everything with John C. Riley, he plays yep. on that. Yeah. Um, and that's his character.
2: Yeah, totally. But I think he's
1: breaking out of that more, more.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, man, I think he's got an Oscar in him. John C. Riley definitely has an Oscar. Like a best supporting actor. Have you Oscar. seen The Lobster? No. It's oh, one of those movies man. that's always been on my list. Just check it out. The the lobster is one of those films. It's better to not talk about stuff, so you don't have something spoilt potentially. But John C. Riley again is so. This he does have. We talked about his look, but there is something so heartfelt in his face at all times. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You can't can't help but feel a connection to John C. Riley. Yeah, it's like a Steve Carell type thing. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, very much so, very much so. He would have been good in Dinner for Schmucks. Yes. Yes he would have. But once again he would have suffered the
1: Steve Carell thing where you just like I just feel sorry for him way too much. Definitely. Mm.
0: Definitely. Um also Kelly Preston Let's really cred, surprised man. me in this show. She is
1: awesome in this film. I can't think of many
0: other films that
1: this would probably be my favourite Kelly Preston film.
0: When I think Kelly Preston You think
1: Jerry Maguire? Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: you're Jerry fucking Maguire. Yeah. And really not much else. Yeah, seriously, not
1: much else. You know, um, just a couple of, you know, bit 80 films.
0: Was she married to Billy Joel for a while? I don't think so. Oh, maybe I got that confused. No, I don't think but so. like really, Plausible. I didn't think of, I didn't really think of her as an
1: actor. No, no. It's you horrible know? to say. Yeah, I know. But One
0: I, of those sort of actors that had a go, didn't really make it. That yeah. sort of thing, but she's so good in this. She's great, mate. She's great. Like she I said, earlier, lights up the screen. Yeah, she, she does,
1: doesn't she? And she actually, she, I think she does really well. Like against um, Kevin Costner, you know, uh, I mean, and holds her own, hundred percent. The irony of it though is that that year she got the Raspberry for this movie. So did Kevin Costner. Yeah, so did Kevin Costner.
0: Yeah, both of them got Which worse. I don't
1: th- think it was that. I don't think
0: that at all. I don't know Kevin Costner. I'd, I'm not gonna. The Razzies really just ha- hate on people and
1: yeah. The Razzies, the Razzies are just now an extension
0: of on the internet. But keyboard warrior. for love of the game was considered a flop. Yeah, a massive flop because oh, yeah. with a fifty million dollar budget, you, you know the forty-six million dollar box office takings was a worldwide thing. So really, the American market, North American market, looks at what it took domestically for them. So if you're only doing sort of your twenties against a $50 million budget, mm, it's not really good. So I think this was one of those times where the Razzies were probably pretty fresh. Yeah, true. Um, And so they were just looking on something to hate. Yeah. And so, yeah, and looking at the talent of film that came out that year, there's probably not a lot to hate on there. Yeah, exactly. That's a hard hard year, man. Yeah, most definitely. Um, It's really interesting, Craig, because while I've been binging many films... Um, I don't, did. I I think I said to Craig off air beforehand that after watching For Love of the Game, we'd we'd intended to record this episode. Yeah, and I had to say sorry, man. I've been in hospital. We can't do it. Well, Fair I not. think I tried to do it, and Craig was like, "No, you can't do this, man." Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> uh, then I got sick as well. And then so Craig I like, got yeah. sick. I'm like we're both not doing it. So we've had probably two or three weeks mm-hmm. between it. It's probably been two weeks since I've watched the film. Yeah. Um, I've done some refreshes. Don't worry, guys. Uh, keeping myself on there. But we've been on a bit of a romantic comedy binge, Kathy Lee and I, since then. So oh. we've, we've actually worked our way through Nancy Myers' uh, filmography. So Nancy Myers did. Uh, we watched Something's Got to Give the other night. We've watched The Intern. Um, and The Intern, what a charming film. You know what I, I
1: saw the, um I found in my old collection the other day? Definitely Maybe.
2: Oh,
0: man. I love Definitely Maybe. I love Maybe. Definitely Maybe, man. That's an awesome yeah, film. So yeah, so charming. So charming. Hey, little spoiler, f- spoiler from Hobbs and Shaw today. Did not realize Ryan Reynolds is in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Had no idea. I did because I read up the ending. Can I, can I throw out a hot tip? I don't know this for a fact, people, but... I believe Ryan Reynolds is going to be the bad guy for the future of that little Yeah, that's right I heard, too. That's what um, I, heard too. I think his voice is the computer voice that talks all through it. Um, but so what that really got me thinking is what romantic films were out about this time? Yeah. So let's think if you were thinking date movies in 1999. Yeah. And you had a choice to go see... For Love of the Game. And I wasn't dating at all. So, yes, I was watching it at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lonely. i was <laughs> so uh, lonely. So, so you've lonely. got Notting Hill. What is Hill. Uh, Well, <laughs> <laughs> Notting Hill was released. Beautiful. For Love of the Game. You know, I'd think to myself, uh, Cruel Intentions was probably one of those strange date movies that people went on because girls yeah. were attracted to that style of film as well as guys. It was
1: like... um. Almost saw like a goth version of a romantic comedy.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there was something. and Grunge
1: version type. Yeah, it
0: was like a grungy version of... There's something... That, th- I remember the way they portrayed it with their, their portrait-style posters and stuff. There was something very Shakespearean about the way they approached it. Yeah. Because you, you thought, oh, wow, I've got to see this. But, you know, in the past, you know, we're coming off the back of... We had Jerry Maguire in 96. Wow. That really was a sports romance
1: Yeah, And what you would say is... One of the greatest romantic comedies.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I think Jerry Maguire nails... Well, even just the last bit. Well, Jerry Maguire nails the romance for, say, the female audience yeah. and the sport for the male audience in such a beautiful balance. And it's such a beautiful... And it's a comedy. It's a good yeah. comedy as well. It's it's a feel-good film. Yeah, exactly. This
1: Love of the Game really isn't a comedy.
0: No, it's actually an anti-Jerry Maguire.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sports romance film. Yeah, sports yeah. romance,
0: yeah. And so it's a really it, – I find it really interesting because if we think about, again, this little season that Raimi's in, mm-hmm. um, well, I, I don't know what to call it. I wish I had a title that sort of was like a post – we can say post-Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. So post-Evil Dead, this little season that he's in leading up to Spider-Man, almost all the films I'm starting to feel like are, or are sort of reactionary films from studios. Yeah. So you've got like a simple plan, it's coming off the back of Fargo. Yeah. Um, the Quick and the Dead is just an obscure one. But then again, it's coming off the back of Unforgiven. Yeah. So it makes sense for a studio to be like, Unforgiven was big. Lots of Oscar buzz. So maybe we should try dual Western. Yeah, sure. Um, Fargo was this big obscure sort of noir um, thriller. Yep. Maybe we should try a simple plan. You, you know. Yeah, yeah. I oh, um, agree. Okay. And so Jerry Maguire was this big sports romance film. Maybe we should give For Love of the Game a go. Do you know what I mean? Like this sort of almost his films are reactionary films, but he approaches them in a way that I think what I really struggled with with For Love of the Game was the fact that this wasn't a Jerry Maguire.
1: Yeah. It's not a Jerry Maguire. And it's funny because I think you you tend to approach it because
0: it comes from that era.
1: Yes. um, Very much um, so. So you approach it like that. But, yeah, it's definitely not. It's definitely not a Jerry Maguire film.
0: And you think those late 90s cuz it's not a rom-com. No, it's not. And, and that's I where you
1: get caught up in it cuz you think it's going to be a rom-com. It's not. It's a sports movie with a romance.
0: Yes, and I think I think what my biggest issue coming into this film was I thought this was going to be a rom-com. Yeah, see that would be the problem. And I look to be honest, I think it's
1: it's it's almost a sports film but they needed to fill out the runtime. <laughs>
2: <You> <laughs> and it's I mean? not a long
1: film. No, no, exactly. I think it's you like know, ninety-seven minutes. Pitching on. But I like, but it's uh, look, truthfully, obviously, because it's based on a book, you know, it's not. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's secondary to um,
0: yeah, and it's
1: even so like that. I was watching the trailer. You could see how um a dude could get roped in because it just sounds like you know the perfect match. You know, yeah, it sounds like his wife's us in the crowd going, "Go for it!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Not. Where it spends, you know, good amount of
0: time of developing Him being, that relationship. Well, a good proportion of the film... Sorry, I just stuttered while saying portion, Um A good portion of the film is actually about Kevin Costner's inability to hold on to a relationship. Yeah. Um, which, I guess in a way, if we liken it to a film, this is more... I feel a bit like I was drawn to flight in that way that... It's almost about the destructive nature of a person. Yeah. Rather than the positive nature of a person. Oh, well, definitely.
1: Like, yeah. It's, it shows. It's a man really getting over his, selfish, his own, his Yeah. Because he is. He's one of the best players. And, yeah. Yeah. And you don't ever hear stories about him having. Coming out of a gigantic relationship. You don't hear stories about him ever being married before or anything like that. So you know a guy who's just been by himself. Yeah. He's got everything he's wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's finally met someone who actually. You know, because it's remember, it's you, even in the thing goes. Oh, look, she must be the new blonde of the week.
0: Yeah, you
1: know what I mean. So he, obviously, he has that, and it's him trying to get over that. Yeah, well, not being a bad guy at all. No, just a person who's just not used to the routine of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it, Craig. I love it. So, Craig, um, how are you feeling? You got anything else you want to bring up about this? I love Kevin Costner. <laughs> you love Kevin Costner? Good,
1: good. Yeah, good, I good. love Kevin Costner. I'm sorry, so, just, just sitting him, just watch, watching him talk, all that. Just a charming dude. He is like charming. the fact that one of the beautiful charming moments, pure Costner, and only Costner could do it, is when he laughs. Like when she remember she surprises him and shows up at his Oh yeah with the seat. Masseuse? Yeah, and the Masseuse is there. Yeah. And he giggles who and he laughs and he goes, Look, what's gonna happen in the next five <laughs> minutes? <laughs> you know. He just wants you to know, but
0: he manages to turn it and he's very charming in that. You just go, yeah. Awesome. I do enjoy how like the superstar logic of his character is like, she's like, w- what's going on here, and he's like, that's my masseuse. Yeah, and, exactly. But what is she doing here? Well, I like her. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I like her. It gets, I thought we, this wasn't serious. She goes, I'm just trying to talk
0: like a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so, oh, that, that was a really, I found that a really interesting part of that relationship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you actually feel like, you know, the moment that she shows up, you're like, oh. I could honestly see a lot of
1: um, wags out there who are probably like, mm, that's yeah. how it happens. I get mm-hmm. this. Yeah. I get this. Remember, <laughs> I had to get your ass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so good. Craig, so overall, what do you think of the film? Oh, you know me. Love it. But it's it's an Odd Raimi film. It is an Odd Raimi film. I, I guess for me, not having the connection to Kevin Costner as you do. Mm-hmm. I don't look at this as a Kevin Costner film. Yeah, I approach this as one. I thought this was Sam Raimi going to do a rom com, and so I did not get that at all. And it does sit so strangely out of his body of
1: work. Raimi is an assistant director in this film.
0: It's weird, isn't
1: it? He is. He has. To, well, sorry, he's a back, He has. To, he's a backseat driver. Yeah. You know, but like it's it's a cost it's a costner driven film.
0: It's last week we talked about a simple plan where uh, Sam Ra- Sam Raimi came in really late in the piece, yeah. so he actually took over. Uh, I think it was John Borman was going to direct it, and so he came in really late and pretty much just took the reins of what John Borman was yeah. going to do, but then put his own Raimi flair on it. I would be more likely to believe that this was the case for for Love of the Game rather than a simple plan. Because this just feels like, honestly, I could have been watching anyone's film. But I think... Aside from those little moments that I have connections
1: to. I think he, he doesn't bring his um, flair to it. Yeah. But he brings his that analytical mind. Yeah, his, definitely. It's beautifully stitched together. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? There's barely a scene out of place. Yeah. It's you know what I mean? So if you look at it from his, his, his mind, his pedantic mind... Yeah. Um, you know you know he storyboarded everything obviously yeah. you know everything is as he sees it in his mind yeah. or him and Russell the
0: timeline runs beautifully yeah, doesn't him it him and Cosma
1: how they see it
0: and it's the right amount of romance versus baseball yeah i don't think there was a moment that i was like oh, oh go gosh, back to one go or back or the to other. the yeah baseball. exactly
1: they blend it well and it blends it
0: well into the game as well and i i will give props where props is due like that was really well done mm. Um, but yeah, like like we've talked about, this doesn't feel necessarily. Looking at his story arc, it doesn't feel like a Raimi film. No, no, exactly, exactly. It's just a random. Uh, I guess this is a testing the waters of can I really do it? Is it going to make yeah, me feel I a think, bit icky? I think if he's I just it?
1: getting in well with the studios. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like he's, uh, it's. I don't think it's an insult to say you're a studio director. No. Um, especially around this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think he was just. Getting into the studios because you have to. You have to play the game. Yeah. Or you'll never get your own film. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And I don't think. I don't think. I don't think he would have got Spider Man. No. He, he has
0: to do this film. And this he is has what to do this. he I, has to
1: show that he can work well with the studio. Yes He has to show that he has to work well with the budget. And a megastar. And exactly. Yeah. Well, there's. I think.
0: But. Yeah. Spider Man's is the megastar in the Spider Man films. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. Definitely. So, and, like, really, we'll talk about it more when we get to Spider-Man in a couple episodes, but without Spider-Man, you don't get the Marvel Cinematic Universe like we have now.
1: Gosh, no. Gosh, um,
0: no. You know, it's, it's it's crucial to it. So Sam Raimi plays such an important part to what is not just, we've talked about it before, it's not just a type of movie. This is a genre that's yeah. been created. Yeah. You know, Um. so... It's actually crucial. So it's really interesting because when... Let's get to the ranking, if that's cool. Is that cool, cool, cool to cool. get to ranking? Yeah, let's get to um, ranking. The whiteboard's sitting over there. It's all set up, Craig. Crime Wave's at 14. Yay! Um So Craig's currently got Evil Dead 2 at number 1, A Simple Plan at number 2, Army of Darkness 3, The Evil Dead 4, The Quick and the Dead at 5, Dark Man at 6, and Crime Wave at number 14. Um, so what's really interesting for me in this, Craig... Is where this sits in the context of Raimi. Yeah, in the, look, it's weird.
1: Once again, you know, um, as I've said heaps of times, I'll base it upon how I feel. But yeah. if I was, if I was to base it like in a Ramy, in the Raimi eyes, you know what I mean? It, it'd be very weird for me. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a lot lower than what I'm going to put it. Okay, Um but. Pretty much in the fact of enjoyment' sake, um, you know, rewatch and stuff like that. And I never thought I'd say this, but yeah, I put it, I put it in third. Wow. Yeah, man, I put it in third. But I'm also surprised in the fact that how much I love a simple. That's a compliment to a simple plan. Yeah.
0: Um, how much? Because that was the first time I ever watched a simple.
1: Plan. Yeah, yeah. And I've watched
0: this film. So you got nostalgia in on this film. Yeah, as well, exactly.
1: Yeah, know, well, you know, like I said, you know what I mean. Like yep. I'm very biased. You know. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Kevin Costner, Christopher Lambert. Biased. Um <laughs> uh, and Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise. <laughs> biased man. He's you get cut. all three of those yeah, in the man, film? Yeah. Woo! Damn. <laughs> damn. Um best film ever. Ever.
0: Ever. <laughs> ever. I don't know how Christopher Lambert would be with next to Tom Cruise. That'd be so weird.
1: Um but yeah, that basically number
0: that'd, three. I love it. So n- let's just say your top five at the moment, Craig. you got Evil Dead 2 at number one, simple plan at number two. Now, for the for love, love the of the game, at number three, Army of Darkness, number four, The Evil Dead, at number five. Yep. Now, for me, Army of Darkness is number one, Evil Dead two at number two, A Simple Plan at three, The Evil Dead at four, Quicken the Dead at five, Darkman and Crime Wave. Um, I've really struggled to think about where I was going to put this. Yeah, I've been really close to putting this below Crime Wave. Wow. Now I, I understand, but that's a funny thing, is. I understand.
1: Yeah, if you did, I I I wouldn't. I wouldn't go really.
0: Crime the, Wave at least feels like a Raimi film. Oh, they all feel Raimi, except for this. Yeah, and so I'm actually going to put this under Dark Man at number seven. Yep. Um, and the reason being, oh, look, I'm going to put it at number six. I'm going to put Dark Man below it purely because I can see Raimi is a far better director in For Love of the Game. Yeah. And storyteller, yeah, than he is in Dark Men. Oh, yeah, definitely. as a director, he's yeah.
2: brilliant.
1: The problem is, there's, there's very little Rameyisms in it. Yes, that, there's not even that, Bruce Campbell in it. No, no, you know what I mean? Like, it, you would almost say this isn't a Shemp film.
0: No, uh, uh, like, you know, aside from, I think his brother is, is in the, the doorman, yeah, the doorman. At one point,
1: I saw one guy say the original doorman is the guy from Lost, the um, the nerdy guy who's lived on the island.
0: Really? Thomas or whatever his Thomas, name yeah. Mil- oh, man, I'll have to that. have a look into that again. Oh, I love Lost. Um, But for me, just going back to the ranking, I think I was really close to putting this as his lowest film purely because this, in the context of Sam Raimi, does not feel like his film. Yeah. Um, and that disappoints me. And so even almost putting it under Dark Man, but then i think about dark man and it's just a bit of a hodgepodge of a film yeah it's so a bit choppy I'd, i so yeah i'm going to put it at number 6 uh, with dark man at 7 pro at 8 um so where can
1: people find us craig well you can go on instagram FFTOpodcast, podcast or you can go on the twitter same yep. handle at Podcast, or you can go on to um our facebook group which is FFTO Podcast. Yep. Um, or, go to our, or email us. Email. I love
0: emails. Oh yes, email. we've been getting a few. Yeah,
1: info That's at nice. fftlpodcast.com. Yep. Send us emails,
0: guys. It's we all, love it. Or get on the comments. You know, we love to interact. Yeah, we do love to interact. Our website is fftlpodcast.com. Uh, you can also, I might put a link up this week, Craig. There's been some beautiful scores lately, so I'll put the official Spotify playlist up there as well. This ain't so, a bad
1: score either. Yeah. It's very whimsy. Yeah, it's good. Um, It's... um. It's very, almost Field of Dreams. Yes. So I actually thought they might have been the same person. Yep. Uh, but it wasn't. Well. A Basil Polidorus?
0: Yeah. It's a, See, because of you, I'm listening to this shit. I love it. Uh, I love it. So you can check it out. Find us on Spotify. I think it's the FFTL podcast playlist. Yep. Um, And you can have a listener updated each week, put some stuff on there. You can have a listen to the beautiful score that's coming out. Actually, a few little cool things I saw this week. Mondo have released the vinyl of the original The Evil Dead soundtrack. Ooh. Yeah, so it's really cool. It's actually got The Book of the Dead as the front of the the cover. Awesome. Um, So that's really cool. Uh, Harkening back to season one, they also released Alan Silvestri's Who Framed Roger Rabbit soundtrack on vinyl. Dang. Um, They released a really cool limited edition, too, that was fluorescent green and see-through, so it looked like the dip. Oh, oh, that'd be awesome! Uh, It was really cool. So check that out. There's also been Craig a um, There's an Evil Dead Two board game. that's being released. I've seen popping up online a bit. That's yeah. The guy's trying to do a starter for it, Kickstarter for it, Kickstarter for it. Yeah. So a few people really wanting to get behind that as well. So that's really cool. Like snakes and ladders. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) just a mad
1: deadite, just the big one, just crawling through. So Craig, next week
0: we are hitting.
1: The Gift With one of the greatest actresses ever lived
2: uh, Katie like Holmes <laughs> Katie <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness Let's be
0: honest Joey She's just amazing actress <laughs> Well, I can't wait to talk The Gift uh, I did watch it today I won't spoil anything Good. But I can't wait to talk it uh, It's of Reeves, man In a bad man role, it's a stellar cast. Like there is so much, so much talent in this cast. Yeah, from memory, Um, I haven't watched it. I Kate Blanchett's in there. Greg Kinnear's in there. I know Giovanni Um, Ribisi. Giovanni, I fucking love that man. He is so good. Katie Holmes in there. Keanu Reeves is in there. J.K. Simmons. Gary Cole. It's crazy town. Love Gary. So tune in next week. You, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, pretty Damn much right. wherever good podcasts are found. And you know what, guys? We'd love it if you shared us with some friends. Give us a review. Yeah, share us with some friends, man. It's really, we've been loving um, seeing a few people in the last couple of weeks going back and listening to the Zemeckis season. It's, uh, we hope you guys are enjoying it. Forgive our rawness. We were learning what we were doing back then. Yeah, exactly. I actually
1: learned to put the microphone near me.
0: (laughs) That's true. It took a couple episodes. (laughs) 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 You got it. And I'm like, speak up, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I sound like Snoopy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sooty. (laughs) <laughs> Sooty, Sooty. <laughs> There's a There's a memory zig for Sooty you Craig. sweet guys <laughs> I went and saw him live
1: Oh did you As really? a kid That would have been awesome man At I loved k-
0: Sooty and Sooty. <laughs> Yep I was really disappointed because um, Sue wasn't there The girl one. Uh. I only had Sooty so and Sweep You saw
1: him see doing cocaine in the bag.
0: <laughs> But
1: What's Sooty putting up his nose? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's so just a meth addict. Oh, wow. <laughs> sooty. All matted and <laughs> so that's dirty. That's why they
1: called him Sooty because he just eat ass to do anything.
0: <gasps> <just laughs> oh, goodness gracious.
1: Damn, boy, You're killing sooty, my
2: childhood,
0: Craig. <laughs>
1: Oh we sweep had to sweep it all
0: under the rug <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> and and Sue just was putting
1: a claims out. <laughs> <laughs> Taking him to, to court. To, yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all the
1: illegitimate half-sooties out there, you oh.
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> he went broke. Yeah, that's where he is now. He, he, he know, got broke, broke. Child support was too yeah, tried, much. To, tried to rob Tried to rob some places. Oh, so good. So next week, guys, we're talking the gift We're loving having you with us. We really, it blows our mind when we look at our statistics and see how many people are listening. I was thinking the other day, I was like listening back to it, okay. Do you think there's people out there going, Oh yeah, you can.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is where they just say thanks to everyone again. <laughs> this is this is where they show appreciation. It's like a it's like a prayer they do at the end of the <laughs>
2: at the end of the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, It's yeah. our
1: it's our podcast. Well, we liberty. can go on to the next one now because they're just doing their appreciation
0: bit. <laughs> they they hit the thirty second skip button. It skips skips We do we appreciate. But everyone. like honestly, we do, guys. We love the fact that you guys one interact with us and two. Most importantly, listen. Yeah, exactly. It means the world to us. So thanks so much. So from all of us here at From First to Last Podcast, I'm Jeff Reed. I'm Craig Killian. And we'll catch
2: you next week. Cheerio. <laughs>